Oh my god, Jesse J. You really are the Jesse J of this twosome. I'm the Jesse J. I'm the Jesse Nelson. Oh my god, I'm not the Jesse J of this twosome. That's so. See how you just agreed with it there and carried on talking about your own thing. That's big Jesse J energy. It's because I was looking at myself in my camera, so I wasn't listening to what you were saying. I would also imagine that's big Jesse J energy. Is there a camera? No, there's not a camera, which is so sad. I mean, we could FaceTime at the same time, couldn't we? But then... Do you want to? Hello, I'm Ross. Hi, I'm Mark. And welcome, and welcome to... Celtic Queens of <laughs> There was this hot boy who ran past me, and uh-huh. he's got, like, a mullet, and he's wearing, like, a sports top, but, like, a cropped black jumper over it, and, like, these tiny little, like, shorts. Good and he did, like, a little glance. He did, like, a little glance back when he ran past, and I was like... That's the kind oh my of God, attack so you want. Hot. And what now he's downstairs it? having a tag. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> he's literally you. I want a boyfriend. <laughs> we are back. Happy New back. Year. Mm. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy 2021 to our 1 million little Macedonians, our fans. Honestly, honestly getting a million on the first episode was such a shock. But it I'm was glad. I'm humbled. Yeah, it's really taken tight tight one off to a great start. Um, hello everyone, we're back. We are nearly a month after we recorded the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you know, COVID's got in the way. Um, Mark went home to Ireland. A lockdown got in the way. Got stuck we in have Ireland. To yeah. Move on to remote recordings and figure that out you know sorry for the delay but we're here it's worth the wait and we're going to make it work exactly um how are we mark um good good had a very productive morning um yeah all good nothing really massive to report just drinking a little yeah herbal tea (laughs) gorgeous yeah what about you um yeah absolutely grand (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fell in love on my walk to Pret. You did. I've had two coffees. It's eleven fifty-four. We're feeling fabulous. Um, you're wearing yeah, a very, bad. very, very nice jumper as well. I can see on the FaceTime. Thanks very much. Oh my god, you're wearing your little next jumper. This was not on purpose, but yes, I am. It's actually great. Very, very fitting. little next jumper, but whatever. <laughs> very fitting. So obviously, a lot has happened in the last few weeks. We have the lockdown, we've had Christmas, we've had New Year, but most importantly, Sweet Melody at the moment, as of yesterday, is number one on the UK Singles chart. Woohoo! Yeah. Or Impact. I think we we definitely had a hand in that. Literally us, like, we are the number one mixers. I'm so happy. What do you think is going to happen? What's the next stages? Because I know we spoke about it with, well, I think you spoke about it with Sam and I spoke about it with Sam this morning. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen next? I think they're going to go ham on um, No Time for Tears. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll probably film like a big video for that, make that a nice. I think that'll be the end of the confetti era, though. I don't think we're going to get anything else from the album. Because it was. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, if they released a single and like caught Jesse out, that would be quite strange. Um, Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think they'll just focus on promoting that one, and then I actually think we'll get new music from them in the summer, as a three. Wait, have you not looked at what Sam sent us? Wait, what did he say? <gasps> Sam, 
So our good friend Sam Prance, Angel on Air, uh-huh. um, he sent us, maybe it was just this morning, or maybe it was last night, I can't remember. So it was a screenshot of an article from The Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they spoke to The Sun or if it was an interview with someone else, but um, like yesterday after Sweet Melody Go Number One, they've said they're working on some new music already and something's coming in the spring, something very exciting. <gasps> Oh, so, like, they're, excellent! Yes, they're already working on music. <clears throat> as well, nice. I'm excited. I'm yeah. really, I'm really excited for the for the Little Mix 2.0 now. I think ending the Jeffy era with the number one is such a nice like full stop on that era. And um, yeah, and I, I'm I am devastated, but I'm excited for the three of them. I feel like it's going to be a new vibe. I feel like Leanne's going to shine. I'm excited for the new music. See what this sounds like. Um, yeah. And then I really hope that Jessie goes solo. The more every day goes, I really want her to drop like a banger with like Calvin Harris in like late summer and then drop like her first single in the Q4 or Q1 next year. It like I'm always, so ready. Yeah. It's usually quite exciting whenever um, the first first member goes solo. Although maybe I'm only thinking of um, Jerry with Look At Me because what other examples are there? Both Kelly Rollins had Stole. Uh, fight for this love. Fight for this love. That I always feel like is a little bit different though, because she hadn't technically left Girls Aloud. They were just sort of taking a break. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. Whereas <clears throat> Jerry's was very oh. much I am not a Spice Girl anymore. Well, you've got Pillow Talk, but obviously that was more. It's less a good song and more just it was the first one B song. But that would be Jessie, and imagine she just drops a huge, like, dirty banger called like Emancipate or something like wild. <laughs> oh, I would love it. I'm really proud of Jesse, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, but anyway, wish them all the best. Good but we did them. that. Yeah, or, um, you're back. welcome. Celtic Queens of Pop already making waves in the world. We really are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode and shared and posted on your stories and let us know what you thought and stuff. It's really cute and very nice. Um, and I'm obsessed with having fans, <laughs> even, though uh. they're all, even though they're all our friends. They're all our friends, which is exactly what I said to you when you said, I'm obsessed with having fans. I was like, these are people who have known us over a decade, so. <laughs> but like, honestly, like my group chat with like, the besties like Kita Marnie, Lily and Megan, like literally my best, best, best friends. And we went on the group chat and seen like they were all listening at the same time and doing like a little um like doing like a live simultaneous review and it was all so just like glowing and I was like, oh my god, this is so good. I love this. You like, yeah. love when a conversation is happening about you. That's it. And that's it. Yeah, but anyway, thank you very much. And now let's get into it. I I need to not mention being a Sagittarius and I need to not say the word like. I think it would be um, better off for you if you took those two goals slowly. Um, Sagittarius, maybe you could get away with, but there's, uh, I love you and I support you in everything you do, but I'm not full of hope for the um, eradication of the word like. So do I say it that much? I didn't realize that I said it as much until I listened to the podcast and it was disgusting. It's something that just uh, sort of, I just accept as a, <clears throat> as a constant now, like your Scottish accent and your Maybe. repeated references to Sagittarianism. Yeah, but I mean, also obviously we were um, 
quite drunk. Pepsi. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping that I'll be less annoyed on this one, but also because I listened like 17 times because I'm obsessed with myself. Um, I think I honestly, yeah, you might I was just over listen to it. I keep going to say it just now as well, but I really have realised that I constantly say the word and I don't want to, so we'll see if I can get to the end of the episode saying it like max five times. So you've just said it there, so there's one strike. <laughs> When? Saying it like max five times. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, are you joking? Oh, Jesus oh my god. Christ. Stop worrying about it. It's literally just a word. It's a, And also, it's like a lot of the podcasts I listen to. Oh, is that uh, the bag Lou made you? How cute. I love it. Oh, well, she didn't make it for me, but um, I've just opened a little um, bag from Hooked by Lou on Insta. She makes gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous handmade crocheted tote bags and skirts and tops and stuff. And I've just bought myself a little tote because that's exactly what I need when I go nowhere but Aldi. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that's gorgeous. So cute. But isn't it? Right. Anyway, let's get into this because it's been so long. <laughs> so... <laughs> right. So obviously 2021 has started rather horrifically. Um, we have... The new national lockdown we have the final act of trump in america and everyone is going absolutely insane yeah. um and life's just a bit wild so we're gonna go back in time to a year that was much more gorgeous much more um and honestly a peak year for music but, but yeah i didn't realize that it was such a good year until i actually looked at the number ones I always think like 2006 and 2007 are peak years for pop music in my opinion but 2011 actually looking at it I'm like oh my god Jesus um yeah just flawless year we had all the queens we had Rihanna who gave us two eras we had Gaga starting yeah, the Born This Way era we had Britney starting Femme Fatale mm-hmm. we had JLo's return with On The Floor, we had Beyonce's 4 era, we had like everyone. Have I missed anyone? I am Katie supposed Penny. to check something and I'm not entirely certain if it is the correct album, but no, that was a year a year after. I was going to say MDNA, but that, and also that's not a great album, but um, <clears throat> that was yeah, 2012. 2012. Yeah. yeah. No, I think but... you've covered, covered everyone. Uh, that was my first, my first year of uni, so I'm trying to remember any other ones. Oh, was it? Uh-huh. It was. Ten years since you went to uni. Ten years since I started. And whenever I uh, when I got there in my first year, I remember I was sat in my halls, um, you know, like getting to know all the people in my flat and uh, we were sat around a table and my ringtone was only girl in the world. Um, <laughs> but, but, and nobody in the flat knew what the song was. And I was like, this is going to be a very, what? yeah, I was like, this is going to be a very long three years. Um, well, how, how is that possible? It was massive. Mm, yeah, no one knew. Were they all Be straight? Um, well, yeah, they were all straight. But also, coming to Manchester, a lot of people were very, like, uh, into, like, indie music and stuff like that. Um, uh, oh, yeah, cool. yeah. But, uh, you know, after a month of living with me, they were all fully on the Rihanna train. So, Can you imagine not knowing Only Girl in the World? I was literally, like, 
sobbing the first time I heard it, ready, waiting at like Capital FM's first play at like 8am before school. Yeah, it was, um, it was actually a real, well that combined with the very first night out I had at uni where they played nothing but guitar music, I really thought I had made a huge mistake. I was like, I need to move somewhere else where they play pop music. But after a month or so, I found Canal Street, so it was fine. Oh my God, I actually would cry. Also, mm-hmm. I'm so jealous that your, your first year of uni was like soundtracked by this year. By this year, yeah. It was incredible. Oh my God. I. I've definitely heard Only Girl, but like I don't think I've ever heard What's My Name on out. <gasps> ever? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, I'm a lot younger than you remember, so you I didn't are, get to go to the club. I didn't get to go to the dance floors until like, mm. well, like 2013. No, like twi- yeah, like 2013. So What's My Name was done, because then by then we had, they obviously You'd still played like but even Where Have You Been, I don't think I heard that out until I ended up going to Canal Street like years later because we had the Anacondas and we had the, God, what was out in my first year? We had Work Bitch. That was a wild time. Yeah. I also just and realized I- from this conversation that all three of my uni years were soundtracked by three different Rihanna albums. <gasps> oh yeah. my God, that's so lit. I would die. Mm. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, fabulous. I don't really know what my 2011 was like. What was I? I won't disclose my age, but... You were 15, Roz. <laughs> <laughs> I was 15. Um, but yeah, I think, like, looking at all the songs, it made me... Like, I just have so many memories. Like, all around me, I was like, this was the first year of full-out house parties. And, like, Anna had... I'm pretty sure this is the year that Anna had a prelim party. You know, what do you call that? For, like, mock exams? Prelim. Oh, um, we just called them mocks. Oh, right, okay, well, yeah. we called them prelims. So, like, she had, like, a prelim party. <laughs> yeah, it would have been this year. Um, and it was, like, the first big party, like, after prelims, and everyone was, like, studying this February, and it was wild, and it was just because it was Anna. Like, we all felt like it was, like, our party. And, like, we had... So we were obviously in charge of the music, and uh-huh. so all these songs remind me of that. Like, what's my name and everything. I'm like, oh, God, memories. So, obviously there are so many songs we could possibly talk about in 2011, so to try and just revisit the year to give us like a nostalgic feel and go back to that like time capsule, we're looking at the number one singles from the year, mm-hmm. but do you know that even that, they're so different between UK, Scotland and Ireland, like the three charts. I would have thought they'd have been a bit more similar and unified then. Cause there are so many songs, we're going to discuss number ones between January and June, the first half of the year for this one. There will be a little follow up at some point in this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just go through the number ones that we have. Is this um, for Scotland or for England? No, so I've sort of like put them all together. So what I'll do is I'll just go through some of the number ones that we all shared, right? Brilliant. Just to really give a vibe of the year. Mm -hmm. First of all, Ireland and Scotland, we we both started the year (laughs) with Matt Cardle when we collide as number one. Is that not absolutely feminine? Actually really upsetting. That's awful. Who sings the original again? Biffy Clyro. 
Oh, right, okay. Oh, we are Scottish. Scottish. The Scottish. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's it. Me saying a singular Scot. A Scottish man. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I assume that's it. Is he, is he a person or a band? I think it's a band. Okay, good for them. But I can't actually confirm. Um, so anyway, yeah, we started it really badly. Meanwhile, the UK's first number one was What's My Name? So they were like, oh, really put us straight. Oh, they really, yeah. Yeah, so getting off to quite a bad start, but um, well done to the British people. <clears throat> and also, I must just gloat for a second. What's my name? Did get to number one the week after in Scotland, but never ever ever got to the top in Ireland. Did when we collide stay at number one? <laughs> when we collide stayed at number one in Ireland for like three weeks. And what's my name? Fucking gross. <laughs> never got to number one. Sorry, Rihanna. So... <laughs> After to be that, fair, Rihanna actually, in a way, contributed to Matt Cardell getting to number one because wasn't she the one he sang with on the X Factor? Oh my god, that was so good when they did Unfaithful and she had that huge slit right up to the hip. Yeah, baking, crying. Anyway, we you did what's my name dirty, but we both started here quite badly yeah. compared to the UK. So. Um, some number ones just to give a vibe of where we are or where we were as a culture. Yeah. So Price Tag by Jesse J was number one um, for several weeks and on all three charts. Um, oh, Grenade by Lamar. Okay. I like that song. Um, we had Don't Hold Your Breath as a number one in the UK and Scotland. Nicole Scherzinger Hive, stand up. God. Um, we had Smash comeback on the floor by jennifer lopez and pitbull was a number one on all three charts as was party rock anthem by lmfo <laughs> and um get me everything by pitbull and neil i love that song um yeah me too. i love that song so much yeah doesn't someone else rap on it i think so I don't know. Let me have a look. Actually, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't really care. The first much. person that comes to my head whenever I hear that song title is Lindsay Lohan. With her Kodak. Mm-hmm. Um, we had quite wild number ones, actually, but it just was a different time, wasn't it? JLo, huge comeback. And we've already got, like, Kesha on, like, her second era, kind of. Rihanna's, like, peaking, peaking, peaking. We've got Bruno Mars fresh on the scene. We've got Jessie J, even though she's a bit annoying, but she wasn't a price tag. That was, like, nice. No, I hate price tags, but you know, that's why we're here. But I love Domino. I'm a big Domino stan. Now it's time to get down to the Celtic Justice ones. Yes. We'll go through the other ones that all got Celtic Justice first and we'll just give each other our thoughts on each individual song. Perfect. So, <laughs> Sounds good plan. Where are them girls at by David Guetta, Nicki Minaj, and is it Flo Rida? Was he the one on I that think song? Flo, I think Flo Rida's on it, yeah. So um, that didn't get to number one in Ireland or the UK, but us Scots loved a David Guetta banger. So it <laughs> it topped the charts for two whole weeks in 2011. Okay. What what are your thoughts on where them girls at? This I'm just looking up the lyrics now to try and remind myself of Nikki's rap. PB, PB, who's keep a license? Two years ago I renewed my license. Yeah. Look at my ball set. <laughs> this was when I was <laughs> It's really bringing back like real PTSD of my peak Barb era. So, um, yeah, I love that song. Um, yeah, I love that song too. Like, 
it's definitely not a 10 out of 10. I'd be so crazy dramatic. But I would give that like a solid 8 out of 10. Like I would never, ever sit down during that song. I mean, yeah, but it's also a song that I would never seek out to listen <laughs> to. Um, That's fair. And as far as like peak pop Nikki goes, this would sort of be in the lower half for me, I think. But it would still get a good like 7 out of 10. Yeah, this was maybe like her when love takes over. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Imagine comparing those two songs. I mean, I don't, I don't think that the emotion behind them is similar, but yes. Kelly Rowland, I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right, so love it. So we both love Where Them Girls At. Yeah. Um, in Ireland, Jedward Lipstick spent a full week at number one in Ireland. Well, they are Irish and we do love them, so... Well, I was going to say, I was so confused. Like, I didn't ever realise that they were that successful. Jedward have, like, crazy um, committed stands. I'm not going to lie to you, Ross, I can't even remember what lipstick goes like, but I do remember being surprised at the quality of it. Because when I seen that, I was like, God, they must have, like, been wild for it. Or was it just, do you think it was just, like, loads of the fans bought it, so it went to number one and then did it? I definitely don't think it was, like, a cultural moment or anything like that. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it was a, a reset of any kind. Um, and then, oh, in Scotland, we, for one week, had example change the way you kiss me at number one for one week. Now that is a yes. banger. That's a good one. Just reminds me of like being in, like being on fields with like a two liter bottle of cider and some cigarettes. My, how things have changed. <laughs> Summer 2020 was Yeah, that's exactly. It's just a throwback. Um, just swapped yeah. the two-liter bottle for eight cans of Alvis Horace. I mean, really, that's the only <laughs> shift that we've had. <laughs> and you swapped a field fields of Glasgow for fields in Manchester. Um, yeah. yeah. Example is an interesting one to me, though, because if you had asked me i would have said he only ever had one hit and it would have been kickstart but then obviously whoa that lighting on me is so good i was just about to say yeah it's really really good that's actually why i leaned forward it's shocking yeah i look incredible hello (laughs) anyway um so i know that i can be quite hyperbolic yeah that's (laughs) i know um (laughs) i always forget that word um i love that so i know that i can be hyperbolic and i know that i can be a little bit i wouldn't even say dramatic it's just i'm really passionate with my feelings but honestly like i do think this song is top 10 all-time songs for me because it just makes me so 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 happy and i just want to go wild whenever it comes on so it wasn't number one in ireland because you I don't know what I would even call it, just taste phobic, like no taste. Yeah. But Bounce by Khalees and Calvin Harris was number one in Scotland and the UK. Oh wait, no, not the UK, just Scotland. It peaked uh-huh. number two in the UK. Scotland for a full week. <sighs> I, I, I don't really have any feelings towards <laughs> Yeah, I know. Whatever. <clears throat> I'm what yeah no i don't really have any are you joking no was this but was it was it before or after flesh tone maybe i just preferred the music of flesh tone to bounce are you thinking of bounce i can't believe in every day and every night Um, yeah no it just never really 
never really sunk in, yeah, so. Well, clearly you never went to see in the park and seen Calvin Haddis, so. Do you know what? Believe it or not, I did not. Oh my god, that is so sad. I actually love that song so much. And yeah, we were the only, oh my god, we were the only country that gave it number one. I am obsessed! Was it number one for a week or did it stay there for a while? Uh, no, just one because then <laughs> that was actually the last one of June. So the last one okay. of the first half of the year. Then July starts with Jason Derulo, so that's a full other episode. But um, I can't believe that, that you don't care about Bounce. I didn't know this. Yeah, apologies. I mean, you don't need to apologize, but it's more just I am really, really, really shocked. Like, I just sort of thought everyone stands Bounce. I do remember it being a really big song. Oh, well, clearly you hate Khalees and Scottish producers. There we go. Oh, yeah, he was. He is Scottish. Um, I don't, no, I don't get him <laughs> because he's... Scottish. Of course he's Scottish. What do you mean? Did you not know he's Scottish? He's honestly no, Scotland. I, I, I know I know he's Scottish. I just, you know, hadn't Do you know he's blocked me on Twitter for some reason? Calvin Harris has blocked you? Yeah, I have no idea why. <laughs> what? Yeah, him and Cher and I just don't understand. Hilarious. I think the only people that have blocked me, apart from some people in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I think um Vicky from Georgia Shore blocked me because... Do you ever remember when it went to the confessionals? Or actually, no, they did the confessionals whilst filming, didn't they? So they uh-huh. always did So, like, remember suddenly she just had a really, really, really disgusting, like, yellow short bob. Like, and it was bright yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, like, it was so thin. Like, mm-hmm. she must have just, like, got drunk and bleached it in the house one night and they didn't show that part. And then she said, because it was, like, falling out. And I just, like, <laughs> the best thing was that they just didn't give us any explanation. Like, we were just meant to happily accept this <laughs> fully butter yellow bob out of nowhere. But it wasn't even a bob. Like, I honestly think they must have just been, like, out their faces and cut it all off. And, like, I don't know what they did. But anyway, it was fibble. So I just simply tweeted, God, Vicky, from here. <laughs> here. It's really... You? It's really taken a hit, you know? <laughs> and then she blocked me. And it was funny because then later on, when I started working famously at the MTV offices, uh-huh. she was there one day in the canteen. And I was just thinking, oh, you have no idea who I am, do you? Wait, I feel like I've got the shakes. Now. <laughs> After how long? <laughs> yeah. So, 49 minutes into the conversation, we're now going to go on to um, the songs that Our got song. Celtic Justice that we would like to discuss and obviously like it could be our favorites we've chosen one each mine i have a complicated relationship Mm. with it but now i do love it but like at the time i really hated it but i feel like i just i feel like it would it would really be wrong not to discuss it because it was a moment in time and it has a legacy and Mm. also just like heart impact at that time you have to discuss so who would like to go first would you like to go first or shall i um, well, considering mine is uh, a little bit more <laughs> morose, maybe we should start with mine and then end on the update kitchen sink. Um, I think you and I will just have more to say about your song, to be honest. I don't know why I picked this song, to be honest. It's just on that list, and I think it, the, the impact that it's had, I find it quite timeless. Mm. You know I love a ballad. Um, Someone Like You by Adele, which I am assuming was the biggest selling song in the world. I haven't looked year. it up, but perhaps I'll have a little look. Um, obviously, this one was yeah. number one in the UK as well, because you literally couldn't escape it. But I was so surprised when I was looking at the charts. So it spent a week at number one in the UK, 
I'm assuming it, it was like end of February, so I'm assuming that was just after the Brits performance. Yeah, I think that was when it all properly, when the whole 21 thing like yeah. really, really fucking blew up. Was her doing this song at the Brits, I remember, was like, fuck, like everyone was talking about it. It was like, Jesus, this song, her voice, da, da, da. but it then dipped and then it went back on just for one more week in the UK. So it only spent two weeks non-consecutive, whereas you do rem- remember it as if it was everywhere. Um, but Scotland, it spent four weeks. And I think that was non-consecutive as well. Ireland had spent the most six weeks. So it is quite fitting that it's the song you went to discuss. We were obviously fucking going through it that year. Ireland was <laughs> depressed. <laughs> really? <laughs> Depression. Yes, that was what it was. Yeah, so Ireland um... <laughs> really, really stand this song three times as much as the UK and more than Scotland as well. So I mean, mm-hmm. tell me why. Why? Like what 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 is it that we vibe with someone like you so much for? Um I do think a lot of it is tied into that Brits performance where you could because releasing like a torch song ballad it was not as if Adele invented that. But I think seeing the um clear emotion in her when she performed it at the Brits when she basically was like crying at the end um was like a collective moment i think across kind of the world and i also i'm sure you've probably had this conversation well actually i don't know how many conversations about adele you've had but um there is there's not many there's a difference in the way she performs someone like you than uh the way that it's the way that it is on the album and i just tried to find actually like the live version on spotify to listen to because to me the live version is the um like that's canon i think that's the version that everyone talks about rather than the album um you know in the chorus when it's like don't forget me i beg i remember that little bit whereas uh, on the album she like screeches that part which i would probably be more more able to do don't forget me like (laughs) she goes really really high on the album version, yeah. Whereas when she sings live, when she sings it live, I assume she maybe just can't recreate it, or it's like it, or it strains her vocals. I'm not going to pretend to know the ins and outs of uh, being vocally talented, but I think the version that she sings live is nicer and more emotional, to be honest. I'll be honest. I don't think I've actually ever listened to the album version because I do actually remember at the time, you know, you would like just rip songs like YouTube yeah. to MP3. Uh-huh. Um, I remember specifically, like on my phone, it would be it would always be someone like you, live, live Brits. Brits, because yeah, I do just. I mean, I say I prefer it. I don't actually think I've ever heard the normal version. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think the performance had such an impact. I would agree. Yeah. Um, because even on <laughs> the Wikipedia, which obviously famously is always correct, um, but it says following a well-received performance of the song at the 2011 Brit Awards, it became Adele's first number one single and stayed um oh wait oh my god i'm wrong <laughs> it stayed on top of um the uk charts for five weeks i don't know where i've got to from. yeah i was thinking that it definitely had to be number one for longer than that but oh oh my god i'm so stupid yeah so it's <laughs> so the first run it was four weeks it stayed for a month and then it dipped for nicole scherzinger queen uh-huh. um and then it went back for fifth week but still ireland um, right. yeah with good weeks. Um, um, oh, right, that makes sense. So, um, yeah, it was the Brits Impact. Yeah. Um, Do you have any emotional attachment to the song? Any feelings about it? What What are your opinion? What's your opinion on Adele in general? I feel like 
I think she's I think she's a sweetheart. Um, I think she seems fun. Um, I mean, literally, like this song. When you look at 2011, the fact that she was this big with someone like you, when we've literally just discussed, like, where them girls at? We're talking about like Rihanna, like, everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything was so pop. So like that was my brain at the time. I didn't really do ballads unless it was by one of my one of your queens. queens. Um. So, but obviously, I remember watching the performance. Be like, God, that was amazing, and. I don't, I can't say I would have loved it or listened to it a lot, but obviously everyone knew it. Um, but it was the song, because I knew Chasing Pavements from the first album, yeah. that was all I knew. But then after Someone Like You, I then like paid more attention and went back to like Rolling the Deep and I like listened to um, Rumor Has It, it Love, Rumor yeah. Has It. 21 is actually um, a much more interesting album than Someone Like You would, would suggest, I think. Um, so I like... They're the only songs I remember, I'm assuming, just because at the time I will have listened and only really went for like the kind of upbeat ones. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, someone like you, like I think it's such a gorgeous song, um, gorgeous performance. It's just timeless. It's like, yeah, you just can't really fault it, can you? It is sort of a flawless song. Yeah. And I don't think it sounds like, obviously, I'm not sure if you agree, but like some of the songs that we've discussed already, I think you can tell that they belong in that time period. I don't know whether it's just the very nature of ballads themselves or if it's because it was such a lightning in a bottle moment for her with everything. I just think it sounds quite timeless, this song. Um, I mean, if you compare it to the songs we've discussed, (laughs) it absolutely is like the most timeless song. I would say of the bunch. You can't really fault it. I mean, it is obviously the structure of it. Like it's a very simple song, mm-hmm. but she just sounds lovely. And I mean, I don't think as far as ballads go, I don't think she'll top it, but then I don't know a lot of her ballads. So I might, you might think differently, but for the main ballad yeah. she's released as No, I would actually, I, I would agree with you on, in terms of her ballads. And I also feel like with, with 25 being as much of a, kind of like a retread of 21 as it was i don't think she should ever try and top it anymore i think if you've sort of mastered the the form that you're taking as well as she seems to have at least in terms of sales and you know universal impact and stuff like that i'm quite excited to hear her try something different i'm excited excited for the fucking blow us but maybe, maybe she'll feature with calvin harris as her next lead single with jesse who knows she might shock us oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god because it's her divorce as well if jesse nelson and adele collaborated on a collab with calvin harris called emancipation i would that gag would that would be it so <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god can you imagine i completely her next album will be the divorce album oh god <laughs> I might be quite scandaloso here, but I think... Are you happy that she's divorced? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, she seems happy. It's so good for her. I, think, I mean, I don't really have any feelings as long as she's happy. Um, but oh, what was I going to say? I've completely forgot my thought there. I think if Jesse Nelson and Adele sang on a song together, that Jesse would sound better. I think you're high as a kite, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, just me. Okay. <laughs> um... So yes, yeah, someone like you, gorgeous song, timeless, flawless. You could release it in any year. It doesn't really. No. It's not. It's not like um, 
and a time capsule because I didn't live in the same way that other songs are. Can I also uh, ask you this, if you don't mind? Yeah. Have you ever seen the video? She's walking along listening. Yeah. Oui, oui. The video didn't come out until September 2011. What was the point in releasing a video after it peaked in <laughs> January? It must have been for America. Because you know how they take like six months to find out on it. But no, I am almost certain America. It was the CM. <clears throat> no, it, the, the video definitely wasn't for America. I think that it, it got to. Oh wait, no, you're right. A few days after the release of its video on the sixth of October, twenty eleven, it returned to number one and spent four more weeks at the top. Well, it was um her second number one in America, but I don't know how that worked out. But Rolling in the Deep was number one beforehand. But I don't know how they managed that, but it must have just been sort of a later launch, maybe? Well, I suppose I it, it could be kind of similar to the whole future nostalgia thing, couldn't it? Where um, it took forever for for Don't Start Now to um, peak in America. I think they are just... Don't slower. Start Now. Yeah. Don't start. Don't <laughs> you start, Ross. <laughs> don't Start Now. Um, oh, <laughs> okay, so... Um, anything else to say about someone like you? No, I just think it's a beautiful song and I picked it for the impact that it's had and also for the fact that it launched the career of uh, who I would argue is the biggest seller. She's probably one of the only people who can still sell in the mass I mean, quantity she can. No? Yeah, I don't think you need to argue that. She is definitely the biggest seller. Obviously, it's been like five years since 25, but that like smashed um the record of like first week sales oh, yeah she beat like, britney's didn't she she beat britney's yeah but britney's was like one point something million and then she sold like three million of 25 which is just insane yeah. so it'll be interesting i mean obviously with streaming and stuff yeah that's what i'm thinking because taylor swift is really the only other big 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 seller when it comes to physical copies but adele i feel like when she comes back Especially, although it depends if it's a new sound, what she's going to be like, yeah. if the if the oldies will still vibe with it. But I feel because it's been so long, people will still eat it up. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, give it up for Adele. Woohoo! Go off for her. And then for my choice, um, it is, and this got to number one in not in the UK at all. Did it not? Surprising. No, I was surprised at it. So this is a full Celtic justice moment. Um, number one for one week in Scotland and Ireland. Born This Way by Lady Gaga. Yes. Actually, this replaced someone like you, I've just seen. Or, or oh no, this, it, uh, someone like you is what blocked Born This Way from getting number one in the UK. Well, it, it peaked at number three in the UK. Mm. So there must have been another one in the way as well. I wonder what it was. Um... um so yeah, Born This Way, lead single from, what do you classify it as, the second album or the third album? Sorry. Born This Way. Yeah, I classify it as third as well, because obviously Fame Monster was essentially a reissue of Fame, but I count that as a second she album. She also refers to the Fame Monster as her second album, so we might as well listen to her. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, lead single off of Born This Way. Um, I mean, what a song. Like, I... You have a complicated relationship. Yeah, my whole situation with it was because I very much was a homo. What? <laughs> what? 
what me <laughs> who who i um yeah so obviously big queer but um was very much closeted little 15 year old me and it honestly felt like a personal attack when she actually was i no i turned 15 oh no i was 15. <laughs> i literally cannot count um yeah so it felt like a personal attack like when she released it and obviously it was all about being born this way in a lot of ways, but you know, they had the explicit mentions to the LGBT community. I mean, it's amazing the fact that she named transgender on a song that went number one around the world in 2011, like way before like that really happened um, in terms of like trans representation. Mm-hmm for her to be the biggest pop star in the world and for it to be the lead single like it was mad really? but i yeah. at the time just took it as a personal attack it felt as if every single time it came on the radio and someone mentioned it everyone was like looking at me sort of to say like so are you born this way are you born ross <laughs> <laughs> but like i remember which is so sad because i remember i'd be like mm, i don't know it's just like she doesn't really need to like say it you know what i mean like it she, doesn't like, need to be so blatant yeah yeah, like, I was literally doing that to myself. But then when I was, like, in my room by myself, I was, like, going off to it and loved yeah. it. Um, oh, that, yeah. So, yeah, I've got a weird relationship with it. But I know, obviously, way past that. Um, <laughs> I just see it as a bop. And I think, and I can appreciate the legacy of her releasing a song, um, specific, like, that was such a moment of like allyship and obviously people can call it performative she sold a lot of records it was number one blah 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 but i mean the lead single from the album naming the album and everything on such a strong statement of allyship um and taking a stance especially as an american artist when you've got all of middle america who already were like protesting her concerts and like doing all this mad shit and for her just to double down even harder and just go fuck you i love the queers (laughs) so iconic i think um i yeah so i love it and at the end of the day it's just a bop i think it really goes off um yeah so now now i would say i'm i fully love it and then i mean i've literally got a tattoo of the unicorn that says born this way now so (laughs) i love it um so yeah my journeys came full circle it's now inked on my body forever yeah imagine if little 15 year old ross could have seen that exactly iconic what's your um thoughts on born this way um love the message um i i don't really like born this way do you know i've never i've never really vibed with with the song itself which is annoying because the album is my favorite um body of work Mm. from her um i just I don't know what it is about Born This Way. I think it just sounds like... It sounds both like there's too much going on and like there's not enough going on in the song. And I'm strictly just referring to like how the song sounds lyrically, as I've already said. Although there are some questionable lyrics. (laughs) Yeah, there Um, are some questionable lyrics. Yeah. (laughs) But the general, like the fact, as, as you've rightly covered, um in quite a lot of detail the fact that she whenever she was you could tell she was at the precipice of her imperial phase here because mm. getting to do an arena tour on your first album as huge as the monster ball and everything she knew that all eyes were on mm. her as evidenced from the sales and stuff and she could have played it much more safe 
lyrically and mm. she didn't as you said she just came out of the woodwork and just was like yes obviously i talk about my gay fans a lot but i am going to put it on record it is going to be my lead single you know that's all very brave i just wouldn't i would never choose to listen to this song ever um i mean that makes yeah. sense i feel it like because um especially because it was sort of adopted as like a pride anthem very quickly you do just sort of associate it with that like mm. I don't think I would seek out like to listen to it on a Tuesday morning when I'm starting work. Do you know what I mean? No. Um, but, I like... When I listen to the album, I skip this song. Oh, do you? Yeah. See, I never listened to that. I never listened to that album. Do you not like? So, I mean, we've discussed at length. It's not that I dislike it. I it, 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 there's like four or five songs that I go back to and have on different playlists. Mm. The album as a whole is very shoddy, but um, massively different. I yeah, but yes. <clears throat> but I kind of um, like following the release of this song because I sort of like rejected it at the time I sort of stepped away from Gaga which is so funny looking back because I was such such a stan and like vocal stan in mm -hmm. school and everything about like the fame and the fame monster yeah. me and Rachel went to see the monster ball tour like we like we were little monsters like I like I was such a little monster and I literally like if I could have got a tattoo at that age at 14 I would have got yeah. a tattoo but I was I honestly I remember thinking like thank god I'm not old enough to get a tattoo because I'd really regret it now because as soon as she did born this way I was like ah and then like removed myself distanced yeah. myself from her bit um obviously I paid attention to the era because every single song was unavoidable yeah. like Edge of Glory, yeah. Judas, even you and I like I love all those songs but I didn't get the fan experience internally the same because I was like a bit close to it the It just bone. might have been a little bit too um, much for you at that age and it also yeah. would have been like complicated emotions that you maybe couldn't have couldn't have like reckoned with at that time. I felt quite conflicted about Born This Way whenever it first came out thinking like uh, does she have to make it so obvious? Uh, yeah. <laughs> as if, like, as if I was this like fucking jaded eighteen-year-old, like, oh, I've seen it all. This is too much. Oh, be subtle. Whereas now I'm like, it took me a while to be like, oh, that song will have helped, and like a humongous so number many of people. people. Even if it only helped one person, I'm not going to complain about the song anymore because, you know, it, my experience of being a fan of hers is not the only experience of being a fan of hers do you know what i mean she she yeah she meant so much to so many people and she meant such a what she meant to people and still does maybe to an extent i'm not as i'm i'm not as much of a fan of hers anymore it would it sort of waned for me after born this way but it, what she means to people is 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 still different in every single person so i think born this way was was the point when I was like after a while and eventually dawned on me that I was like she's helping a lot of people so I'm not gonna yeah a hundred percent like I feel like this is um because I even forgot about the like helping people come out and stuff it was just such a shift and like I think this song really represents like her cultural impact at that time when it comes to um her queer fans because what she did and also like her fearlessness because she had so many songs on that album that would have went to number one anyway yeah. with the lead single. 
But to do Born This Way, again, like we've said, just really showed that she was fearless and didn't care and, she, and also yeah. was just committed to the cause. She really didn't give a Wait. fuck about the fans that she would lose, which is, when you consider as well, what age what age was she when she released this? Like 24? I think she was, so she was maybe 25, because I think she was 23 when she did Bad Romance. Oh, like, yeah, um, so I think 25, because she, yeah, she was like 35 now. Yeah. So 25? Um. Oh my god, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, everyone stay tuned. I'm releasing my cover of Born that's This Way next episode. Um, as just a little bonus treat for you all. Can't wait. Um, yeah, so no Born This Way, I think definitely a song that hasn't aged too well. And like you say, some of the lyrics are a bit dodge, but um, yeah, just when it comes to Gaga's impact and the legacy of the song and what it means to her career and just everything about that era, it is just, yeah, hats off to her, very well deserved. But also, yeah, the more I'm thinking about it, I think Born This Way, is Born This Way the first single she released that wasn't Red One? Uh, it won't have been the first single, surely. Uh, so Telephone was, was Dark Child. Um. Yeah, Telephone's Dark Child. But I yeah, think right. there's there was a clean a cleanness to her music prior to Born This Way, and Born This Way just sounds busy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, very busy, yeah. very chaotic. It definitely like amped up the electro of her sound, mm-hmm. which, but that was like everything back then because I think two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, where we had like David Guetta when Love Takes Over, it was sort of like that Euro housey yeah. thing, and everyone was like, oh my god, this is like. EDM but then over the next few years with like this and then we found love like it just, people just like kept cranking up the noise yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everything just got more and more and more chaotic and loud as it went on chaotic and loud is such a good way to describe it even when I think of this song in my head all I can hear is that like sounds like it's just so noisy. It's the noisiest song, and it's it's too busy. And it's a shame because I love the melody of the verses. Do you know what I think is the funniest thing about this song? What? <laughs> Remember, uh, so you're literally going back. I mean, this was released February. February. Yeah. Um, so you're going back five months to September 2010 at the VMAs yes. when she accepted an award and she was working on the album and to accept one of the awards she sang a cappella a bit of the chorus but before she did or after she did whatever it was she said this is from my next album and it's this song is inspired by Whitney Houston I wrote it in 15 minutes and I was imagining Whitney Houston singing this song Born This Way Whitney Houston singing Born This Way I'm like there, like there is not one song I can like that is more that is further away from Whitney Houston than Born This Way that I can think of. But this is the this is the thing, Ross. I think <laughs> Born This Way probably existed in more of a in 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 a cleaner form, and I'm almost certain there is. There was an interview with. Do you remember that that interview with Pop Justice where where they asked her about the Madonna comparisons, and she essentially like shut down and got really really angry about it do you remember it was it like the interview was released no. in like a big magazine i'll see if i can find it for you um but in that interview there's a reference to like a a glacial i think is the way they describe it like a glacial version of born this way 
that existed that was potentially going to be released. Like, I think Born This Way exist, probably did exist in like a power pop anthem that Whitney Houston maybe could have sang in <laughs> September 2010. But then the closer she got to release, she was like, mm, maybe I'll just strip away the Whitney and I'll just add every instrument that I can, you know, find yeah. every sound and throw that at people. I mean, that's that's fair. Um because now that I'm reading it, I mean, it might have started like that before, but then to hear these quotes are hilarious. First of all, I've just seen, she wrote it in Liverpool and Manchester. So she must have, uh, oh wait, no, she, so she wrote it and recorded it. So she must have wrote it in Liverpool and recorded it in Manchester because um, she said she wrote it in 10 minutes and it was during the Monster Ball tour in February, 2010. Aww. So we inspired, well, I say we. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't, live, I didn't live here at the time that she wrote it, but I was coming. But, her, um, so. oh my God, if she, so she must have recorded Born This Way, the song in Manchester. That is gorgeous. That's I love really that. That's really sweet. Um, but she has said, so she wrote it in 10 minutes and compared the process to an immaculate conception. <laughs> and then this is how she described the song. She said it was her own freedom song and I want to write my this is who the fuck I am anthem but I don't want it to be hidden in poetic wizardry and metaphors I want it to be an attack an assault on the issue because I think especially in today's music everything gets kind of wishy-washy sometimes and the message gets hidden in lyrical play hearkening back to the early 90s when Madonna on Vogue uh, Whitney Houston and TLC were making very empowering music for women in the gay community and all kind of disenfranchised communities the lyrics and melodies were very poignant and very gospel and very spiritual and I said that's the kind of record I need to make. That's the record that's going to shake up the industry. It's not about the track. It's not about the production. It's about the song. Anyone could sing Born This Way. It could have been anyone. Well, you see, there's the fucking problem. It's not about the production. It's not about the track. How can you release this final version of Born This Way and say it's not about the production? I, as, if, as if people are listening to this song and just thinking, yeah, the first thing I think about this is the top line. I really don't hear any of it. It literally is how it starts. Literally a foghorn. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even that, like the chaos of that quote, I am absolutely obsessed. Literally, I mean, she said it herself. She knows what it is. She said, I want it to be an attack. <laughs> I want it to be an attack, an assault. Well, she definitely got that right. She achieved her goal with that one. Yeah, she definitely assaulted my sense. I do, I do um, really like her a little bit where she's like, I don't want anything to be hidden in metaphors because she literally is, there's not a metaphor in this at all. I mean, I think actually that quote is a gorgeous way to end it, to be honest, because it's an attack and it is an assault on the senses, on everything. And she did not hide anything. She did just say exactly what she meant and what she wanted to do. She laid it all. So, she laid it all out there for us. Yeah. I do want to ask you, though, if you... Maybe you won't really have an opinion on it if you're not like that close to the album. But would you have released anything else as the lead single? What would you have gone with? Let me have a little look at the track listing. I can't believe a song doesn't immediately come to your head. Right, so when I look at the track list, I do like the majority of the songs on the standard edition. So me saying five is hilarious. Um, <laughs> a bit hyperbolic, but yeah. Who, me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's only actually two songs that I don't like um bloody mary and electric chapel the others i do like them all um so for lead single i mean this is a thing because it is an assault and an attack it is very much lead single as in like it gets your attention 
she definitely could have just done Judas as the lead because it would have been it is sort of like a it's like bad romance in structure mm-hmm. with the hook yeah. and I think that that easily could have came back but obviously it was too similar to bad romance um yeah. I she could have done Edge of Glory and I think that that would have started the air in a really different way because people would have been like oh this is a new Gaga mm-hmm. um but again, I get why she did Born This Way as the lead single because it is very much lead single energy. I think it should have been Marry the Night. That's weird enough. That sort of, it's like mythologizes herself, which was something she was so, so, so interested in at the start of her career. Um, yeah, the ending of it just goes fucking batshit. It also sounds nicer than Born This Way. It is, I just, I really think that should have been the lead single. I love Marry the Night, but then I also love that it ended the era. Um, I think that that's also gorgeous. I mean, yeah, I like looking at the album, if I was her, you would need to start it with Born This Way if that was the message and her cause and she was really wanting to go ham, which we all know she was because she didn't stop. <laughs> um, and that's it. So yeah, that's us, 2011, the first half. What a nice little trip down memory lane. Um, thank you everyone for listening to episode two. Um, of Pop. Yeah, hope you enjoyed it. I also hope that I've not like screamed in your ear the entire time because I have no idea. I can't hear a thing because these noises. It's the exact level of volume that I'm used to when I'm with you. So take that how you want. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Like I feel like I've been shouting. So hopefully I've not been shouting in your ear too much. Um, hopefully you enjoyed. Give us five stars on Apple. All that business if you want to be a stand, share and be cute just like you were with the first step we really appreciate it and if you haven't already um you can follow us at celtic queens of pop on instagram and you can follow us on twitter <laughs> i've changed our name so it's not r.i.p celtic Quap. <laughs> yeah rest in peace um yeah it's now at celtic queens pod for podcast it has been Ross Lohan. It's been Mark Rocks. And yeah, thanks for listening. We will speak to you Thank next you. week. Bye. Bye, Bye. gorgeous. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>